Um, so the next time you meet up with Metaton a little bit later, because there's some puzzles and things, and of course she's helping you. She's deactivating lasers or uh, disabling traps or giving you hints the whole way through. She's like helping you through this. Um, yeah. And the next time you meet up with Metaton, um, it has prepared a cooking show for you to take the part cooking of. Cooking show. <laughs> um, and so, anyways, like I, I can't remember exactly. It's like the the recipe calls for this, this, and this, and you go grab the ingredients, and it's like yep. the last of the secret ingredient is a uh, human, and he's like coming at you with a with, with a like chainsaw. a chainsaw, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, no, unless there's a yeah. Alphys calls in. There's there's a a human flavored substitute. And what about the vegans that are watching this show or something like that? <laughs> right. Which is funny because I mean there were eggs and other things that were put in there, so it'd be more oh, like vegetarian. But anyway, um, <clears throat> he's like, okay, well, uh, you'll have to go grab the the flavored substitute, human flavored substitute from the pillar over there, but then it like shoots up way up into the sky. It's like, we have a very tight schedule on the show, so if you can't, if you can't get it in time, then we'll just have to go with the original plan. (laughs) It's like, how could I climb this? Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I love it. And how this shows up with the jetpack, and it's like... Well, your phone was designed to transform into a (laughs) jetpack. Just fly up there. So, so funny. And Get Metaton's the... trying to like use cooking. Like, oh gosh, it reminds me of what was it? Cooking Mama Cook Off, that DS like, yes. video game the or whatever. Patterns. Or uh, maybe like uh, Mr. Game and Watch, how you can like fry bacon and like. Yes. Yes. Anyways, he's coming along like frying bacon, um, <clears throat> shaking salt and pepper and stuff, and you're just having to avoid all of it. Yeah. You get to the very top, and then the whole thing's over. He doesn't even finish the show. He's just like, oh, I yeah. can't kill you. Okay, we're done. It's like, don't you know how cooking shows work? They've already cooked it beforehand. <laughs> like, right. we don't actually have to cook this. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, there's more puzzles and stuff. And yeah, Alphys is always there to help. The next one, I think, is where it's like a weather. The news like broadcast. Yeah, the news so broadcast. And it's like, oh, hey, Todd, there's a weather's looking nice today. I've heard that there's a, what was it? Like, a, there's a, basketball over there why don't you go why don't you go pick up that orange basket tell us about it yeah right yep but if you do it it's like oh that's not a basketball (laughs) yep every item is a bomb but no matter what everything there is a bomb like oh no what's gonna happen and then of course Alphys has installed a bomb diffusing program on your phone this is so obvious when you think back on it like, it is, but I didn't <clears throat> see it. The fact that she has the answer and has already designed it into the phone she gave you for everything. It's like anything Metaton sets up, she's already privy to and has an answer for and has installed it as some sort of device on your phone. Like, yeah. clearly she set it up from the be- all of it from the beginning, right? Um and Anyways. it's not until the end where she starts fumbling, like, um, oh, uh, uh, I think, uh, that it's because of this, or, go. and then that's <laughs> yep. where you start. She starts messing, it. messing it up or not realizing. Yeah, but you know, before that, answers. I didn't really see that coming. Yeah. It's when it gets out of her hands, you've gone to a new area that she's no longer, you know, as useful as before, because it's not that's like right. her domain. 
Yeah. Um, so like the bomb diffusing mini game is is really funny. Um, yeah, was fun. It was all done like a like a news broadcast. Then uh, and I loved this payoff. You encounter uh, Muffet the spider. Uh, oh yes, that's from the right. the spider bake sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it just assumes that you didn't buy the cookies, right? Yes. But then um, it's like, no, I did. I bought the cookies, and they're like, "What, really?" You encounter Muffet the spider. She heard all kinds of bad things about humans. Humans yeah. hate spiders. They stomp on them. They tear their legs off. <laughs> they're very stingy with money because you didn't, you know, pay for the the cookies at, for the bake sale at the beginning of the game. Yep. Um. Another really good boss fight, though. Really, really good. All, all of these, these fights are starting at this point to get pretty tough. Like, yeah, the the pattern recognition, like everything. Um, and and again, this is another thing that sort of plays into this uh, theme of determination that the game is kind of all centered around, right? Um, particularly the two sides of the coin. So it, it's funny how I think we talked about how true pacifist route is like hard mode in the yes. game yep, yep, yep. it's actually probably more correct to say that genocide or true pacifist is hard mode neutral is more like the easier way to go about it because for certain fights it might be easier to kill certain fights it might be better not to right okay um, that makes sense but just when a fight is too hard just start attacking and then sure um but sense. it takes a lot of determination the point i'm getting at takes a lot of determination to avoid killing everything in the game it's like harder to do that and it can be really the boss fights can be very 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 hard on the genocide route like really tough particularly mm. towards the end of the game like and i'm not even going to spoil that right now um like almost impossibly hard <laughs> uh so it takes a lot of determination to choose either of those sort of like extreme sides those sort of like um the, those two sides of the coin it's it, determination it takes determination either way and determination is kind of like it, it, you you see the good side of like what determine like the fruits of determination but also yeah. the sinister side of determination and how determination without empathy can leave like a legacy um of horror behind it right so that's kind of like the the motif that he's playing with with this determination thing. Um, but the fights are getting harder at this point. And it, it, I mean, I remember my first time I had to do some of these several times. Just, re I mean, even like the final boss fight against Flowey, which we'll talk about. It's so insane. There's just like so much going on on the screen. Bam, 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 you're like dodging like crazy. It's really hard. I think, I think no matter what you do, no matter how you play the game, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. That's a hard boss fight. It's really hard. Um, Okay. So let's uh, skip forward here to the next time you encounter Metaton. This yeah, is the one this that's... This is the opera, right? Yes. The straight up obvious homage to Final Fantasy VI's opera yeah. scene. Um, he's in the dress and he's singing just like Celeste uh, yeah. in FF6. Starting out up top in the balcony. Yeah, in the, in the balcony area, yes. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really funny. And the way that they show, uh, like you've got this beautiful kind of accompaniment that plays at first, this orchestral kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it's like chiptune music, but still, it's very yeah. nice. And then... Um, and then uh, 
Metaton starts singing. And the way that they do that, the way they put the words on along with the the melody that goes, and it's just so perfect. It's so perfect. I actually, um, I'm sure people have done this. I actually want to hear the song sung by a person with the words and everything, the whole thing. Mm. I'm sure somebody's done that, but um, having to read it and fill it in. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, and then, of course, the song, it starts out just great, but it slowly degrades into this. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sad that you have to die. <laughs> it's over, but we had so much fun. And yeah. like, what's going on? And then just a trap door opens and you're just gone. And it's like, peace. Yeah. So you get dropped down into the same puzzle that Papyrus was trying to use on you earlier with the panels that change randomly. Yeah. So once again, a joke from earlier like returns and has like a payoff at this point, right? And so there's like this fire coming from one side that'll incinerate you and that forces you this way to like go over to the minigame. I wonder though, um, did you try not moving at all? No, during I did that? not. Okay. I tried really hard to remember <laughs> which ones yeah so if you don't move if you just stand there and don't even try to escape alphys will just hack the fire that's, <laughs> Off. Nice. that's pretty nice see like it, it, again it's 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 just really really well done how he put all the hints in that she's the mastermind behind this yeah. whole thing and that she can stop it or save you or create a problem for you whenever she wants just whenever <laughs> and so like if you don't even try to leave it's just like oh i saved you from the fire randomly i hacked it <laughs> <laughs> you literally need to do nothing that that would be possibly the first hint yeah that i would have gotten but i didn't do that yeah i was trying to move that's more or less what happens anyways but right. she's got to turn she's got to shut the whole thing down yeah um, so that's the last one before um, the big one big, the big, big one big at one. the end yeah um, okay. so defeating him in this mode you have to go into act and uh, press the, the button that'll turn your heart upside down and you, you can like shoot him right that's right this is the first time that it sort of shows that mechanic it comes up a lot uh, later especially in the second the, the last fight with him um there's a nice little scene where Alpha has kind of a heart-to-heart. She's telling you about how before she met you, she didn't like herself. Now she yeah. feels like she has more confidence. Um, you come out into the front of the MTT resort where you find Sans again. I loved this. He asks if you want to grab some dinner before you proceed. And if you say yes, he goes, thanks for treating me. <laughs> <laughs> Sans is the funniest. Sans is the funniest. I've awesome. said that about many characters so far. Yeah. Yeah, this one's good. So this one just kind of cuts right over yes, to inside restaurant, right? restaurant. Yeah. And he begins sort of hinting at the fact that, you know, you're down here in this monster world. You have everything you can need. You have food, you have friends, like you have, you know, uh, everything you can want. Is it really worth what's necessary to go home? Um, they haven't really explicitly said this yet. But he's hinting at the fact that you have to kill Asgore to go home. Because you need... Right. It's not seven souls like Undyne was saying. It's actually only one human soul, but at least plus one monster soul. So just a little bit more than one human soul is necessary to leave to go back to the top world. So 
they're beginning they're beginning at this point to reveal this that there is no other option other than to kill Asgore if you want to go back. So he's starting to ask you like do you really is it really worth it to do what's necessary to go home? This is also playing into the determination thing like how determined are you really to go back? Um he also tells you a story about um how he goes back to the locked door but back at the very beginning of Snowden where he met him after leaving Toriel and he tells yeah, he talks about meeting somebody there. Yeah. He says it's a great place. There's this door in the middle of a forest. It's a great place to practice knock knock. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. He goes, but one day I knocked and somebody answered. Yeah. And yeah, he's talking about Toriel. He's talking about that door in the forest. They'll sit there and go back and forth with knock knock yeah. jokes for hours. And he his his whole reasoning is like, oh, she's a good person. Because anybody who, because he said she laughed at every one of his jokes. Yep. <laughs> every one of his jokes. He goes, if somebody's, if somebody listens to bad knock knock jokes and laughs every time, that person's a good person. Basically, is what yeah, he's saying. Right. Um, I also really laughed at this. You can meet the father of the snowdrake. Remember the little snowdrake that tells bad jokes and is like, "See, Dad laughs like you were wrong." <laughs> yeah. You meet yeah. him. You can meet his father here at the at the MTT resort. Um, I think I've talked to everyone there, yeah. He says, I'm the resort comedian. I'm very funny. Uh, people laugh at my jokes. Now, my son, he wants to be a comedian like his father, but his jokes aren't funny. He tells these awful puns. He's an embarrassment to our family. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> uh, now, this one... Did you explore the true lab towards, uh, like, when, when you when you go back to Alphys' lab yes. later and you yes. go down? Okay. Yep, I did. This, li this line seems like nothing until you go there later. Since his mother passed on, he couldn't stand living at home anymore, so he ran away. I haven't seen him since. I'm a terrible father. Ha ha ha, that's not funny. So... The, the, that line about his mother passing on, right? Thought nothing of it. It's almost like in in RPGs, you can't have two parents. You, like, you only can have one. Right. <laughs> it's like you're a single... Usually it's a single mother raising the protagonist or whatever. Um, so I didn't even think about it. But this has a payoff later, too, and it's actually pretty dark. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But wow. there's also the, the two girls over by the dump around the side they have a little they're like vendors they're catty and bratty um they're funny yeah uh hold on i took a note here about gel pens do you remember how popular gel pens were back then in back high school years ago? Yeah, yeah dude much so. it's like every girl at school every girl had, had gel, gel pens <laughs> yeah, with like yeah. glitter inside of them so, like, you go open your old yearbook, and you can tell, like, all the girls because they wrote in your yearbook with gel pens. Anyways, <laughs> Caddy and Braddy use gel pens. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's funny, dude. <laughs> um, so, okay. Did you talk to uh, Burger Pants? The I NPC here? There, but I can't remember names. I can't remember names at all. Burger Pants is the, um, oh my goodness, this is one of the funniest NPCs in the game. I think he's the last vendor you come across. Um, 
so he's <laughs> oh my gosh it's so funny um so if you talk to him he talks about how he wanted to be an actor right because uh, actually i think first he says like look i can't talk to the customers unless you buy something um yes i'm not allowed I to do that okay that's the that's the name yes is this the person who's always making these really expressionate Yes, faces, crazy really, faces. Really, yes, yes, and is is not socially well. No, yes, that that's him. Okay, and yeah. and then you you, you try to talk to him after buying something. He's like, "Look, I'm going to get in trouble if I get chummy with the customers. Sorry." And then he then he it's just like dot dot dot. It's just like silence. And then he just goes <laughs> he has a cigarette, and he's like, "So I wanted to be an actor." <laughs> yeah, that's right. He that's starts right. talking about his past. <laughs> uh, take it from me, little buddy. Um, I'm getting on in years, so let me give you some advice. Well, he's like 20, right? <laughs> he's 19. 19. He's, 19. <laughs> he's like, it's too late for me, but you. <laughs> this is a young guy. So you still got time. Don't be like me. I'm 19 years old, and I've already wasted my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I like you, little buddy, so I'm going to uh, save you a lot of trouble. Never interact with attractive people unless you're one of them. They're just going to take advantage of you. Like that time those two chicks, the caddy and bratty, asked me to sneak them some glam burgers. And I, naive teenager that I was, said yes to them. Bad idea. So what happened was, um, he goes into the back alley, right? And he's got all these glam burgers in his pockets, right? He's sneaking them to them. Um, his boss sees him and asked me what I was, uh, asked what he was doing. He gets startled, and a ham, uh, hamburger or a glam burger falls out of his pocket and tumbles onto the ground. Not wanting to lose face, I scrambled to pick them up, but as I was leaning over, the weight of the remaining hamburgers caused my pants to fall down. Then the girls laughed at me, <laughs> and everyone calls me Burger Pants now. So that's that where that's where he got the name. Right. Um, everyone calls me Burger Pants now, but you won't, will you, little buddy? So you can do a little like kind of side quest here where you leave to go talk to the girls and like uh, get them to agree to hang out with him again. And he, he's like forever grateful to you. And anyways, <clears throat> the characters in this game are freaking awesome. They're great. <laughs> They're so I'm good. Thinking, so Caddy and Braddy, are they the two that kind of finish each other's sentences? Yes. So they're the ones that say like, we're just, oh my gosh, we're just so excited for the end of the human race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. they are very funny. Yeah, just oblivious. Uh, so like, what's up? Um, the stuff inside is like totally wicked expensive, but like this stuff we found is like totally wicked cheap. You should like totally wicked buy all of it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. There was some good stuff that they say too. Well, they talk about Metaton. He's like my robot husband. Actually, he's like my robot husband. I think we're, like, both going to marry him. We're, like, already married to him. He, like, just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, so she talks about... They talk about the, the origin of Metaton. Dr. Alphys built Metaton, right? That's, like, what they tell you. But, like, Metaton always acts like being built was his idea somehow. And even right after he was built, he acted like Alphys was an old friend. But they're, like, not friends anymore. Yeah, unlike me and Braddy, best friends forever. And then... No um, so classic, dude. They would use gel <laughs> pens. They totally would. They totally would use gel pens. 
Um, talks oh, about so that's a little bit of a hint that there's a maybe Metaton has some type of autonomy yeah. and is something of his own person. Yeah, not completely controlled by Alphys, right? Right. They go on yes, to talk about. Oh, go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, of course, we don't know this at the at the moment. It's so funny because it's like, hey, Metaton is going to kill us. Then you find out, well, Alphys is kind of controlling Metaton. Then you find out that Alphys is not controlling Metaton. <laughs> and this is like the first hint for that one. So it's yeah. kind of like a reversal and then a flip again, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this game does that a lot. Like they flip your expectations and they flip them back up and then they flip them again. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's too good. And then they talk about how they used to hang out with Alphys. She was like a big sister. They'd always go on trips to the dump. Like the dump is like where these people like to go to hang out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She showed us the coolest place to find trash. Uh, she's always collecting weird cartoons. <clears throat> then she became the royal scientist, and we haven't seen her in forever. Um, <clears throat> so you can ask about the royal scientist thing. So Alphys was always like, or has always like thought Asgore is a super cutie. So like, I'm pretty sure she made Metaton to like totally impress him. A robot with a soul. So this is getting into what you're talking about, right? Uh, she she gave a soul to this robot. Yeah, and <clears throat> what does it mean to have a soul, right? Yeah, yeah. that's like super artificial intelligence, right? And this line is really telling too. This is talking about Asgore. That's like super relevant to his hobbies. So after seeing Metaton, Asgore asked her to do all this science stuff for him, but nobody's like seen anything from her yet, or her at all. She must, like, just stay in her lab all day. So there's something else going on with souls here. It's kind of slowly introducing you to this. Uh, they also talk about how, what a goofball and how nice Asgore is. Like, he's not, like, a mean guy at all. He's just, like, a big softy. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's more or less the relevant stuff that they talk about. But a couple of key sort of setups in, in their dialogue there. Um, okay, so let's talk about, as you're proceeding into the core, the final area here of the Hotlands, Alphys now is seeming to always give you bad advice or instructions. Yeah. Um, she's it somehow still sort of works out, but it's not. Yeah. She not doesn't, doesn't oh, seem do to have a handle say, on it. I do want to say one more thing about Sans, though. In our conversation okay. with Sans, do we, does Sans talk to us again later after this? I'm pretty not, sure. Not, I know there's that, there's a, a scene with him later, but, um, is the line where Sans says something like, you, you're lucky that I talked to the knock knock joke lady first. Otherwise, you'd be dead where you stand. Something like, I don't that. even remember seeing that line. Oh, <clears throat> that's pretty crazy. Cause he's talking to us and he says something about, he says something about like, hey, you know, are you sure you want to do this, right? But then he kind of reminisces briefly, and he's just like, you know, uh, you know, you seem like a pretty good person, you know, and I, I feel like I can't remember the text. Do, do you know what's interesting, though, what I learned about this game? There's like a random number generator thing that plays at the beginning of your playthrough that will create a certain level of variability for each playthrough. So even okay. if we make all the same choices, you're going to see certain dialogue that I might not see based on just that random number generator pulling up different quotes that would happen for one playthrough but not another, which is freaking crazy because there's like a lot of stuff 
you won't see, even if you made all the same choices as someone else. Like just wow. different dialogue like and stuff. They're like guaranteeing a unique experience. Yeah, pretty much. To almost everybody. Yeah. Um. So this says, uh, Sans the Skeleton, having never met the woman who lives in the ruins, discovers a human trying to leave them. Naturally, he kills the human on the spot. With humans, it's never that easy. Um, so based on Sans' conversation at the diner uh, near the end of the game, he says, do you get what I'm saying? That promise I made to her. So he's talking about the, the knock-knock girl. One day, he knock-knocked, and she told him something new. She said, hey, if you see a human, don't kill him. Something like that, right? Mm. And, and he, he does what she asks because he thinks she's a good person because she laughed at all of his jokes. Yeah. Right? And so then he's talking to us and he's telling us that story. And he goes, do you get what I'm saying? That promise I made to her. You know what would have happened if she hadn't said anything, right? Buddy, you would be dead where you stand. And the text goes really slow. You'd be dead one letter at a time. You'd be dead where you stand. And then he goes, oh, I'm just kidding. me." And then, like, it gets really serious for a second. And then he just like breaks right back into his, his uh, jokey temperament, you know. But that was, uh, that was a very interesting conversation right there. I thought that was fascinating. I, I I almost want to say something, but I'm just not going to say it. Because <laughs> okay. like I don't remember that on this no. playthrough. It, it could be that I was distracted taking notes while it was right. happening. Um, you never know. This is my issue with taking notes during this game. I, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't just, I didn't know what was important. <laughs> I didn't want to miss things. And it was, it was really hard for me. <laughs> to yeah. do that it, it's Anyways, this, this that. is we we tend to keep playing games where it almost requires multiple playthroughs to really like get everything but yes yes um, and it makes sense that people vote on games to be analyzed that aren't just super easy to analyze yes right, right. No, one, no one wants us to analyze games that are just obvious you quest know? 64 so, <laughs> quest 64 that i don't know man i one day we'll get to that game and i can't wait i want to find the deeper meanings but <coughs> quest 64 I think you guys liked that game better than I did. <laughs> I did. I did because it was kind of the only RPG game we had. Yeah. Like it was the only one for at least six months. Yep. Okay. So the final fight here with Metaton. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is, again, this was really funny because Alphys tells you you've got to get him turned around to hit the secret switch on the back, which will deactivate him. So you can go yeah. into the actions, you get him turned around. I think what you say to him is like, hey, there's a mirror behind you. And he's like, oh, really? I can make sure I look good for like the finale. <laughs> he turns around and you just shoot the button and then, but what that does is it initiates his like final form. It doesn't dis uh, disable him. It actually makes him into his like beautiful glam version of the robot. And like the real fight begins at that point. That's, um, that's hilarious, by the way. The yeah. character that Metaton becomes. Is there a new name? I can't remember. I, let's see. I think I, I have a Metaton. New name around, but it's like Final Form Metaton, right? It is... Like Glam? Glamorous Metaton? Something like that? Metaton X. Metaton, Metaton EX. X. Yep. So, um, just hilarious. Kind of like a mix between something like a... I don't know, man. Michael Jackson and... Yeah. Britney Spears and like a pop like idol Elvis and yeah just yeah. all these 
things kind of mixed together into like this one character that's just like glamorous. That's like mm. the whole the whole point is like this is like glamorous and uh, kind of like an eighties eighties cross dresser heavy metal like dude, you know? Yeah, it it just got that kind of feel. So the the way that the um the bullet hell kind of game the gameplay goes for this is like metatons like his legs will be coming out and they're like perfectly formed women's legs you know <laughs> like going down and you've got to you know get around the legs and he's just like dancing and doing these hilarious poses yeah just like over and over and over um and then at the top left you got the ratings right and the yep, ratings, the ratings like, go up, up, and up and if up you and take up and up. damage you can like in the actions, I think you'd be like, I'm not going to take any damage at all. And like, you're dodging the, da- anyways, it, the, the point is to try to get the ratings. If you, if you're doing pacifist and not actually fighting him, the point is to get the ratings up to a certain level. And then you can yeah, like, over like 5,000 or something. I yeah. think it's 10,000 or 12,000. It it's like really high Yeah. because what happens is that he starts getting calls because his plan here yeah. was to take your soul and to leave the underground to become a big star in the yeah. human world like to like because he could watch like human tv right or he could i don't remember that maybe that's wrong that could be wrong but he i, I think what I felt like he could get the signal for human for human television i think um what the the reason he wants that is because like you were saying earlier like his viewership is low he doesn't feel like he can have like the reach that he can at being a big star in the human world. Like uh, the underground is, is too small for his ambition of stardom kind of a thing, right? So he wants to take your soul so that he can go up there. But when you get the ratings up really, really high and he has, the callers will call in and talk about how much his show means to them and like how, like how much they appreciate him yeah. entertaining them is possibly the only form of entertainment in the entire underground. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And what's funny is they they've watched the transformation too, and they're just yeah. like, "I've been following you this whole time. Don't let it, don't <laughs> let it end." And um, part of this is once we really do Metaton in, and Metaton can't really attack much. Metaton seems to accept his or her uh, death pretty outright. Just like, well, I guess it's over. You know, I'm going to self destruct. Like, whatever. I'm just giving it all. Give it my all, or or die trying kind of thing mm-hmm. but the calls come in and they're just like oh no don't die i don't want this to be over <laughs> like you're everything you're so important to me metaton yeah. gets like a new a new lease on life or a new like uh outlook on life yeah. but ultimately has to be shut down i think alphas finally comes in and shuts down I, metaton, th- right? it's like a couple ways this can go so like in genocide you actually like destroy it but in mm. pacifist he just runs out of batteries there you go. And then yeah. Alphys just kind of needs to recharge him. Right. And so Alphys will either be devastated that, you know, Metaton is destroyed, or she'll be like, oh, I'll just hang back here, you know, I'll get him some fresh batteries or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but he's going to stay in the underground. Go ahead. It's, Metaton pretty well reveals that Alphys yes. is controlling this whole thing. Yes. And for, for some, like me, that was very surprising. <laughs> Maybe for others, it's like not that surprising, but it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was a little bit suspicious, but I still didn't think that they would really go there because Alphys is such a pitiful character. Yeah. Um, he, he says she activated or reactivated puzzles. She disabled elevators. She enlisted me to torment you. Also, she could save you from dangers that didn't exist. Yeah, Mun- Munchausen by proxy. Look it up if you don't know what it is. Mm. It's, it's this. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, 
so anyways yeah Alphys kind of has this like weird awkward like yeah sorry I shouldn't have done that you know I'm just really awkward I have a really hard time talking to people I don't have friends I don't I can't approach people very well um, but with you you know I feel better I can do things it's kind of like uh, finding Nemo with, <laughs> where Dory has her memory because Nemo's there or yeah. no because Marlin is there yeah. so her memory's there and like oh it's, it's different with you and so um Alphys, um like wants to still be our friends and of course like oh i'll understand if you don't want to talk to me anymore but can, can we be friends and we say yes and i think right off the bat Alphys is like i don't think you go very far yeah Alphys either calls you up or just says it right then and there like hey do you want to watch mew mew kissy with me? <laughs> it's a really good show oh and then she and you see the awkwardness it's so funny it's like oh the show is so good but you know, it, it talks about like love and, and loss and all the important stuff, but there's a twist at the end, but I don't want to give it away, but it's basically, and she ends up giving away like just totally thing. telling you the whole thing and like, Oh, I guess I gave it away, but do you still want to watch it with me sometime? It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. Uh, she also kind of, this is where they explicitly reveal that, um, it takes a human soul and a monster soul, at least a monster soul, to cross the barrier. So in order for him to go home, in order for, or sorry, in order for our main character to go home, mm. um, you'll have to kill Asgore. This is where that's like explicitly stated, like this is, right. you must do this if you want that. That's how determined are you. Um, and you get into the elevator after, and it, it has a really long elevator ride, like really silent long elevator ride where just nothing happens. And I think that that's very purposeful. I thought it was a really nice yeah. touch. Because you just got that information, and especially if you're doing pacifist route, you're just going up this elevator, going like, "Oh boy!" It's like, like I really have to, I yeah. have to kill someone. And after this whole time, I have mm-hmm. to kill someone, and that's yeah. where what you're talking about with determination. Yeah, where it's like, no, there's got to be another there's way. Got to be another way. I'm determined to pass do a pacifist route. Yep. So you reach a new area called um, New Home. It's the capital of the underworld, and you go into Asgore's house, and it's actually identical. Tutorial's house. Tutorial's house. The beginning yep. of the game. Um, in the random encounters inside the house, it's just big. Monsters will, they don't attack you. They basically just explain the history of the kingdom and the story of the first fallen child. Yep. Um, so I think I pulled this up. It's really good. The whole tone of the game changes from this point. Mm. And it becomes a lot more serious, a lot more yeah. like meaningful and impactful. And all the jokes and silliness of the game that you just played, like it's all kind of coming together in this like, I don't know, really in this really beautiful way as as these ghosts, the random encounters just kind of tell you the story of Asgore and Toriel and their child mm. and this this other child that fell into the cave a right. long time. Right. Um, and basically what happened is this first child that fell down, um, Toriel... And Asgore, who are husband and wife, took this child in and, yeah. and raised it as their own. And they had another child too, Asriel. So they had their own their own monster son, and then they had this first child as their like adopted son. Um but the child always talked about wanting to see the flowers from his or her village again, you know, missed home kind of a thing. Um and it ends up that the child dies at some point. So with yeah. that soul, Azrael 
tries to take the child back to its village and like lays the child in like a bed of flowers that it had been asking to see again and the yeah. human seeing this attack Azrael who does not retaliate but dies of his wounds when he returns back to the underworld again really tragic yeah. thing right and so Asgore declares war on the humans super wrathful and vengeful Toriel is disgusted by you know his actions at that point because his he decides he's going to start anytime a human child comes down he's going to kill that child and take the soul yeah to become powerful enough to destroy the barrier forever and allow all the monsters to go up to the to the top world and have a war and destroy humanity she's disgusted by that so she leaves him so that's kind of the story that they they tell you these ghosts tell you as you're kind of going through the house um but before you confront Asgore, you are judged by sans and this is really yeah. cool this is really cool he yeah. tells you, and this is where a lot of the, the subverting of specific sort of RPG tropes happens. EXP, which generally stands for experience points, yeah. actually stands for execution points. Yeah, execution points, yeah. A way of quantifying the pains you have inflicted on others. Love, uh, which LV, which you know, was level or would be level in most yes. RPGs, is also an acronym. Uh, acronym. Yeah. Which stands for level of violence. <laughs> level of violence. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, a, a way of measuring someone's capacity to hurt. So, yeah. in the true pacifist route, he'll say, but you, you never gained any love. Of course, that doesn't mean you're completely innocent or naive, just that you kept a certain tenderness in your heart. No matter the struggles or hardships you face, you strive to do the right thing. You refuse to hurt anyone. Even when you ran away, you did it with a smile. You never gained love, but you did gain love. I liked that line a lot. You never gained capital L-O-V, level of violence, but you yeah. did gain undercase L-O-V, love. True love. Does that make sense? And then he basically tells you, but now you have to choose. You have to kill Asgore and return home. This is what he was talking about back at the resort. Like, do you, is it really worth doing what you have to do? He tells you, this is the second time, a confirmation you have to kill Asgore to return home. Um, and you would trap all the monsters in the underground in this place. Or you can allow Asgore to kill you and take your soul and destroy humanity. So that's the choice that's laid before you. Yeah. You kill him and you go home and all the monsters and all your friends stay trapped down here. Or you let him kill you and they try to go destroy humanity. Um, I liked this line from him. He says, well, if I were you, I would have thrown in the towel by now, but you didn't get this far by giving up, did you? That's right, you have something called determination. So as long as you hold on, as long as you do what's in your heart, I believe you can do the right thing. So there's this little glimmer at the end that, especially the pacifist route of determination, I'm going to find a way to not kill Asgore and to go home. <laughs> or if, you know, if not to do that, I, I think uh, what actually ends up happening is at the end of the fight, Asgore says, oh, you're willing to stay here in your um, pursuit to not hurt or to not kill anyone. That's so yeah. great. Like, I'll take care of you like you're my own child and all that. So in the end, he really does ha kind of have to take the... He, he subverts the choice to let it, allow himself or the, the character to allow him or herself to be killed by Asgore. But it's, he's not going to be able to go back home. Mm. Until Flatway comes in, right? And then, like, it changes everything. But, right. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about the Asgore fight here. 
And we may yeah. have to leave off at that point. We may have to kind of save talking about okay. the endings and genocide for next time. That's most of my notes are about the endings, but but um, there's a few points that I can bring up here real quick. Okay. Um, first off, there's two names here that are the names of angels mm. in ancient mythology, right? Mm. So Metaton is named after an uh, a an angel named Metatron. Yes. And Metatron is Enoch from the Book of Enoch. Right. From Book of Genesis, all this that. This is uh, uh, people who are into astrology will know about Metatron. It's like one of the angels they call in to guide them when they're doing their astrology. Well, Metatron is considered, I believe, considered the most powerful angel in heaven. Right. Right. Um, then Azrael. Azrael is an angel as well in Jewish and um, I would say Islamic yeah. mythology. A Abrahamic and, mythologies. Yeah. 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 And um, that is also um, interesting stuff. Uh, these, these characters are being named um, after um, angels from the Abrahamic traditions and when the game ends, I'll tell you what that all means, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so you walk into the room uh, where Asgore is at. And he's kind of like, oh, you know, like, just being a big softy. He turns around when and he sees you and his whole, like, demeanor changes at that point. Because, he, you know, he realizes, oh, crap, like, I have to do this again. Um... Let's see, I took a note on this. Yeah. I scrolled down a little too far. Is this Asgore? Yeah. So he's he's, so he's funny. Yeah, he's just he's in the flowers, and you know that these are these are the flowers that it, this has to do with his son. This has to do with the human yes. cell. Like yes. we see these flowers a lot. It's a, the yellow flower. It has to do with flowy. Like it's all related because it's mm -hmm. all connected here at this point. And obviously, Asgore looks just like Toriel, and we find out, of course. Oh, I didn't also mention Toriel. Well, Toriel is um, also a name of an angel. Yes. Well, uh, Tor and El is the bull god. Anyways, there. Um, so Asgore and Toriel re resemble something along the lines of the ancient Canaanite gods. Oh yeah. Of um, like Baal, or it would actually be El, who was symbolized by a bull, and then Asherah, who was occasionally often symbolized as the a cow um, or Osiris and Isis, which is also sometimes the bull and the cow. Um, anyways, this is like ancient, you know, Middle Eastern mythology, uh, the way they look, it just, it really has that look to it um, as well. But yeah, he's in the flower and he's just talking about what a nice day it is. He's in the flowers. Mm -hmm. Nice day. Great day. Great day to play a game of catch or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. That's right. And he turns and he's just tending to his garden. And of course, if you're a gardener, you're a good person. You have life-giving <laughs> life hands. You could yeah. say that, right? So he is somebody who wants to give life. He doesn't want to take life. So he's a gardener. Um, but of course, as soon as he sees you, it's, it's really somber. It's really sad. Mm. And he says, I want to tell you that, you know, I want to ask you how your day is. Or I want to say this. Have that. a cup of tea. Yeah. Yes. But I suppose that. Well, you know, 
and he, you know. he he knows that you know and ah, so good yeah, i love the way it's written it's written yeah. very realistically i love it yeah. and he kind of walks away and he says i, I wish it basically what he's really trying to say is i wish i didn't have to do this yeah but we have to so let's go you know? he, he asks uh if you're ready or not he says yeah. he's not either he tells yeah, you to think of it either. like he tells you to think of it like a trip to the dentist yeah like going to the dentist yeah um and then uh essentially there's like a corridor like this long white kind of corridor yep. which is the barrier leading out to the human yeah, world that's the, the yeah, upper world yeah um so as the battle begins you get some text that says a strange light fills the room twilight shining through the barrier it seems your journey journey is finally over you're filled right. twilight is right before the dawn right so right. the sun is set and the sun's coming back up right so this yep. is the hero's journey and it's it says you're filled with determination in all caps mm. um and again every single it seemed like a joke at first every single save point there was some funny quip about why you're filled with determination <laughs> but it all comes it full circle culminates this game is so good yeah all these jokes turn out to be these like real real moments that yeah. that, that have meaning beyond yeah. just the humor yep other than temmy temmy i think has no meaning. <laughs> <laughs> temmy, it's just pure random full, full joke but but so funny so asgore says to you human it was nice to meet you goodbye and the unveiling of his red trident and the mask yeah. going on his face and then he, he he comes over and he destroys the mercy button the mercy button mm -hmm. yeah so you cannot offer mercy uh yeah. you have to fight him if you had been playing true pacifist and not having fought anything at this point um, which I would not say is probably typical of a first playthrough for anybody. I, I think most people probably did a neutral path for their first. So they fought some I would assume so, yeah. and didn't fight others kind of a thing. Yeah. But if you had done a, a true pacifist route, this is the first time where you literally are forced to attack in order to progress. You cannot win this fight in any other way. You have to actually attack him. Um, if you just keep going into act and trying to talk to him, you know, talk him out of it, he, he's conflicted and he hates that he has to do it, but he's going to keep attacking you and you cannot progress without attacking. Um, so the mercy button is destroyed. So once you defeat him, he, he basically just goes down to a really low level of health. You haven't killed him yet. Um, I really like the dialogue here. He says, ah, so that's how it is. I remember the day after my son died. The entire underground was devoid of hope. The future had once again been taken from us by the humans. In a fit of anger, I declared war. I said that I would destroy any human that came here. I would use their souls to become godlike and free us from this terrible prison. Then I would destroy humanity and let monsters rule the surface in peace. Soon the people's hopes returned. My wife, however, became disgusted with my actions. She left this place, never to be seen again. Truthfully, I do not want power. I do not want to hurt anyone. I just wanted everyone to have hope. But I cannot take this any longer. I just want to see my wife. I just want to see my child. Please, young one, this has gone on long enough. You have the power. Take my soul and leave this cursed place. And then you get the choice to attack or you get a partially sort of repaired mercy button. And you can offer mercy. If you choose mercy, you're basically saying... No, I won't go home. I'll stay here in the underground. Yeah. And Asgore is thrilled that you would even consider that and starts talking about how it'll be great 
you'll be uh, we'll take care of you just like uh, you're our own child and then flowey comes in and finishes off asgore and mocks yep. you for not you realizing idiot. yep yep right from the beginning of the game this is a kill or be killed world you have to yep. realize that and, and he mocks you for even up to now you still don't get it like you still don't get that this is a kill or be killed world and he takes the six other human souls that Asgore had already obtained at that point, takes them into himself, thanks you for doing what he could not in killing Asgore, and initiates a really chaotic final boss fight. This is, like, really intense. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it took several uh, tries for me to beat this. Um, specifically when you only have 20 HP... <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, it's, it's pretty madness. tough. And he he does these crazy things too, where he'll like he'll s s like reload the game. Yes, and your character's position will like it's, yes. Else he has the ability to save and load as well as you do. Yes. Yeah, and he talks about this like any mm. anytime you do things like that, he's like, oh, I know the tricks, I know what you're doing, and he's yeah. talking to you, the player. This is the fourth wall breaking stuff. Mm. Um. And he's like, I can do this too. I have ultimate power, you know? And he's just saving and reloading. And he's saying that's like the real power is being able to control for time and being able to go back and do things over and over and over again. Um, and that's what makes you actually powerful. It's not, you know, whether you get it right in the first time. So he's yeah. reloading the game and just like messing you up. <laughs> it's yeah. like really bad, really bad. Um, yeah, and basically there's all these phases as you're going through the fight where, like, each one of those six kind of hearts comes down and it does something yep. a little bit different. And you get through it and you have to, there's, there'll be an act button somewhere in that sequence where you go touch it and you call for help and then yep. things will change to green and you can get healed up again as you go back into this chaotic fight where you're getting just crushed. <laughs> it's yeah, almost yeah. just like, again, it takes, like, just this high level of determination just to survive this onslaught from Flowey, who you cannot attack, you cannot talk to, you cannot offer mercy to. You're just trying to survive the onslaught until you've gone through and, and called for help from all the other previous souls who then come together at the end and sort of like help you to subdue him. Yeah. Um, and then you can choose again to kill or give mercy to Flowey. And you have to do that several times because he'll just keep saying, do you understand? You, you don't get it. Like, I'm just going to, like, come back and kill you. I'm going to kill everyone you love. I'm going to just, yep, like... Yep, yep, yep. And his face gets more jacked, like, every time. He gets really jacked, yeah. <laughs> uh, But in the end, he's just so totally, like, gobsmacked, surprised, like, blown away that you would continue to offer mercy. He just kind of doesn't know what to do and runs away. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, because he... He represents like a pretty great evil in yes. the game. Right. And now I can't remember because there's multiple kind of ending points here. Are we going to talk about a separate so ending or are we going to stop it here? We've been going for almost two hours. And because okay. of that... I want to stop because there's going to be a lot of things to talk about in the endings. I know, and this is most of my <laughs> notes, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't get into this too much. But um, this is this, this is this part, the specifically um, the the forgiveness part. This is the most powerful part of the game. 
Right. And not just forgiving or what would it be? Not just showing mercy, right? Mm-hmm. But mercy and forgiveness towards a very evil like person. a truly evil character. Truly Probably like the only one before. we've seen. Yeah. Yes. And who kills your friends, kills everything, just plays the game like a psychopath, mm. just, you know, total nihilist, just ready to just like destroy it all just for themselves. And you offer them forgiveness. And there's there's no real hesitation on the part of the player. It's like, well, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And part of that is the determination as you play the game. Like, I'm determined to not kill anything. Yes. Right. right. And I will do whatever it freaking takes. And it's like a challenge. It's almost like uh, when Papyrus challenges Undyne and says, oh, Undyne, you must not have what it takes to be a real friend to <laughs> you know, this human. And Undyne takes it. Oh, I'm going to be his best friend. You know, that's kind of us um, playing this game, being like, I will not kill the worst person. Bring it on, game. Just have at me. Try me. I will not kill even the worst possible person. Um, but then you turn off the game and you go on social media and talk about how you hate the opposing political person or you kind of talk about characters in history who it would be better had they just died or, you know, you you, lo- you leave the forgiving ways that you exercised within this game immediately as soon as the game turns off. But this isn't so much one of the games that you can do that with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most games, you just kill a bunch of stuff and then you don't think of it. Uh, this game, you don't kill a bunch of stuff, and you can't help but think about it. <laughs> like, what did I just do? How how was that game fun? How was this a meaningful experience at all? Um, but the idea of forgiveness in general, and I think I'll get more into this um, next time as we talk just about the themes and about the game as a whole. Um, but just the theme of forgiveness is so incredibly strong. And I already mentioned that this is a, you know, pretty hero's journey esque type of uh actually a very christian archetype um and this really just is the icing on the cake like you are the saving angel right you are a savior and that includes being a savior being a redeemer being a a forgiver for the worst possible person which nobody really likes to think about like take a few moments and think about who is the worst person in the world and now imagine yourself not only forgiving them, but but extending them mercy yeah. and giving them a second chance, right? Yeah. Now think throughout history. Everyone's thinking of the same person, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but just go back in history, 70 years, I don't know, 80 years, and determine who the worst person is that modern society, you know, seems, seems to be in agreement on. And forgive that person and extend mercy towards that person in, in your heart. And, and see if you can't find it in yourself to at least have the desire to make that person a better person. Like, it's weird. It's like insane. It's like, oh my gosh, the world's going to break. I can't do that. I can't do that. That's, that's, that's too far. But in the game, you can do it. You can do it in the game. Okay. But you can't do it outside of the game because it, it questions all of your assumptions and it just kind of like ruins everything, right? It just makes you think like, I don't know. It, it, the game is so meaningful but then you, you'll make excuses for why that doesn't apply to your real life. Uh, but this is part of why the game kind of broke me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and why it, like, it emerged as this incredibly meaningful you know, story that like, I was not expecting and that really brought in 
like some just super super christian themes um in a way that i did not expect at all and just like i don't know it just kind of puts me on a different level so i've got more stuff to say about that but we're gonna have to leave that for next time yeah and having heard you say all of that yeah i really want to see your reaction to the genocide playthrough and particularly, oh gosh, I can't even bring myself to do it. Particularly like to what the bosses will say to you when you kill them. <laughs> I have to do it. I have to do it. It's, I'm gonna watch it. I'm not gonna play that game. I will not play that game. Just watch. And I also want to bring up because other people will um, elsewhere. And I don't. This is his own thing. Like I don't care one way or the other. Uh, but Toby Fox does not love the word genocide being associated with his game. Right. <laughs> But but he made it. He made that a possibility within the game. Yeah. Um. I just figured I'd bring that up. Well, I mean, that's what it takes because I know, I know. But and, and honestly, I don't know. I I don't think he should be opposed to that word. Yeah. Because as harsh as that word is, his game is is that meaningful, right? Like, I don't know the way he would say it's just like you're playing any other game. Why are you calling my game genocide? <laughs> like Mario's freaking look at all the other games. Those are all why don't you call them genocide games? But it's because he's proving this incredibly important, valuable point. And um that's why I think it's valuable to still use that term, even though even though it's a pretty harsh term. Um, I will not be playing it. I will be watching <laughs> it. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, uh because I will not enjoy watching it. The requirements to even get that it's pretty substantial like you have to go through an area just fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting until there aren't any random encounters anymore and it just it, it, you'll get like the window to come up but it'll say no one came it so, just doesn't sound fun that doesn't sound like a fun <laughs> way to play this game it's not but that's the point right. and Based on what you just said, I, I'm seriously really excited to hear your thoughts on some of the things that are said to you by the bosses when you mm. kill them. So right. I'll well, leave I'm it. I'll leave it next week. Yeah, I'll we'll leave it off on that note. So what we're going to talk about next time are the endings themselves, the genocide route differences, um, and also befriending Alphys. There's a whole little part where you become her friend and yeah. there's like a funny scene between her and undying and, and very all of that of all places we will yeah. talk about the true lab which we didn't get to today and all yeah. the dark secrets and experiments that were going on that really paint not only alphys but asgore in a really different light as this big softy who cares about people but they were doing some pretty dark experiments on monsters yeah. down there and, and souls and determination and all that stuff will come into there as well. And I think that once we've done all of that, it will cover everything we need to talk about. So, Okay. Whew. Um, didn't expect this to be a three-episode series, but it kind of requires it. Kind of requires it. So um, thank you, everybody, for all your support. Thank you for watching and listening, for commenting, for voting, for... Supporting us on Patreon and Subscribestar, we appreciate all of you. And yep. next time we will do a half and half episode again, where uh, oh, for half, comments. yeah, half the episode we'll do the analysis, then then we'll do comments for the second half. Okay, so, good. see you next time. Xenosaga, watch it. Xenosaga is coming up. I'm editing the first episode. All right, peace out. <laughs>